0: All right, good morning Central Church. How's everybody today? Ready for Christmas? Raise your hand if you're pretty much done with Christmas preparations. Look at you guys. Raise your hand if you're sort of almost on the way there. Just raise, right, slip your hand up. Good for you, way to go. We are, we are continuing our teaching series called Extraordinary. It's a study in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Um, we're going to continue that series. The disciples of Jesus had observed his life up close and personal. Uh, they, they saw the extraordinary life that Jesus lived. And they knew that Jesus was inviting them to an extraordinary life as well. And they knew that his life was really the fruit of a, of a prayer life. And so in Luke chapter 11, they come to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Because they wanted to live the same kind of life that Jesus lived. And the, the the answer that Jesus gave them was the Lord's prayer uh, in Luke chapter 11 and then also in Matthew chapter 6 and, and Jesus was very intentional in his response he was very intentional in terms of the structure of that prayer the first half of the prayer focuses on God and the second half of the prayer focuses on us and our needs and it was almost like Jesus was saying if you want to pray right at the very beginning of your prayer you need to have a revelation of who God is because who God is is going to determine what you pray and and, and how you pray and so he, he, uh, he gives them, I, I shared before, five uh, divine images or five pictures of God in the Lord's Prayer that I think helps us navigate that prayer because remember, Jesus didn't want us just to say those words over and over in the Lord's Prayer. He wanted it to have meaning. And so the very first thing, the first week I said that, that Jesus wants us to see God as a loving Father, our Father in Heaven. And then he said he wants us to see God as a sovereign King. Your kingdom Come. And then he said he he wants us to see God as a generous host. Give us today our daily bread. Last week we talked about he wants us to see God as a a gracious redeemer. Uh, Forgive us our sins. And this week we're going to talk about the fact that, that Jesus wants us to see God as a strong deliverer. A strong deliverer. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to recite again. We're going to say again the Lord's Prayer together. And I want you to say it if you've memorized it in whatever version you've memorized it in. If you haven't memorized it, we're going to put a version up on the screen and you can can say it along with us. Let's, Let's open up our time in Scripture this morning by praying this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Thanks for sharing in those sacred words of Christ. Words that were well thought through. Words that reflected the very prayer life of of Jesus and the next line that we come to in this prayer is verse 13 and it says lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil evil one two chapters earlier in Matthew chapter 4 Jesus had defeated Satan in the wilderness by overcoming every temptation that Satan threw at him this prayer is a reminder to us that every day we are in a spiritual battle with Satan. He wants us to, to, to recognize, that's why he gives us this prayer about temptation and overcoming the enemy because he wants us to realize that you and I as Christians are in a daily spiritual battle. And so Jesus gives us this prayer because he wants us to overcome the enemy and the enemy's attacks just like he did in the wilderness. So I was a high school basketball coach for 13 years. And every coach knows there's two things you need to do if you're gonna beat your opponent. The first thing is you have to leverage your strengths. You You have to know what you do well, and you have to execute it. The second thing you have to do is you have to identify and exploit the weaknesses of your opponent. You have to know what they do, you have to know their weaknesses and how to best take advantage of that That, that's why we watched game film as teams because we would we would watch that team in action to see what what are their weaknesses how can we exploit those weaknesses so we would we would try to find a game film of a team that had beaten the, the team that we're about to play so we could watch that game film of a team that beat our opponent and say what did they do How did they leverage their strength? How did they take advantage of the weakness of this team that we're about to play? And that's exactly what Satan does in your life and in my life as we face spiritual battles. Satan is a brilliant coach. He's a brilliant coach. He's watched game film of your life since the day you were born. He knows every weakness. He knows every deficiency. He knows every tendency that you have and he knows how to exploit it. And so Satan is always working in our lives to try to put us in positions where he has the advantage. He's a brilliant coach. So when Jesus comes along and he says, pray this way, as you engage in this daily battle, remember this is a daily prayer Jesus wanted us to pray, right? Jesus said, pray this way, you know, give us today our daily bread. This was a prayer Jesus intended to be prayed daily so daily Jesus is recognizing that you and I are in a spiritual battle so what does he mean when he says lead us not into temptation well, well God doesn't tempt us with evil God doesn't lead us into situations that he knows we are going to fail morally God is for us not against us God wants us to succeed God wants us to overcome the enemy not be overcome by the enemy so God, God doesn't lead us into these places of temptation. In fact, James chapter 1, verse 13 says this, No one is to say when he's being tempted that I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. So it's not God that is leading us into these places of temptation. It's the enemy that that is tempting us. Maybe a a better way to interpret that verse or a better way to say that verse, lead us not into temptation, would be, Lord, keep me from spiritual battles that I'm not prepared to win. Keep me from spiritual battles that I'm not prepared to win. See, this prayer forces us to confess that we're not as strong as we think we are. That, That we are actually weak in certain areas of our life, and Jesus, in this prayer, wants us to be honest about our weaknesses. He wants us to be real about the areas in our life, so he says, pray this way, pray that that God would, would help us, he would keep us from these circumstances, these moments, these battles that we're gonna lose because of the weakness of our flesh. So the disciples had a night with Jesus where their weakness was exposed. Let me give you the background. After the Passover meal that Jesus ate with his disciples, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. This was the night before he went to the cross. And he took his disciples with him, and then he took three of them, Peter, James, and John, to to pray with him that night. Here's how it goes. Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Then he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, with him and began to be grieved and distressed as he considered the suffering of the cross that awaited him. So he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch in prayer with me. He went a little bit beyond them, fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, meaning the cross. Yet not as I will, but Lord, as you will. And he came to the disciples, and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you guys couldn't keep watch with me? You couldn't pray with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying so that you do not give in to temptation. You've heard this before, because the Spirit is willing, but what? Have you heard that before? Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. I I, want to do what's right, I I don't want to give in to temptation but my flesh is weak. See, this prayer keeps us humble. This prayer keeps us humble because it it forces us to recognize our weakness. It forces us to be honest about our weakness. So let me ask you this morning, what battles do you keep losing? What temptations do you keep falling into? Where are you weak in the flesh, even if if the Spirit's willing, even if, you know, Lord, I wanna do the right thing, but where do you keep stumbling? Where do you keep falling? What what battles do you keep losing? That's where you're weak in the flesh. So let me share a couple of battles that that I've been losing lately. One of those has to do with my time and, and being wise with my time instead of wasting my time. And and I'm finding that that I'm losing that battle more than I'm winning it. And one of the main reasons that I lose that battle with time is because of this beauty right here. How many of you can say amen to that? So I'll, I'll come into work and I'll have a number of things I need to get done. I may be studying for a sermon. I may be doing a devotional or another teaching somewhere that I'm studying for. I may have to prepare for a meeting. I may have uh, marriage counseling coming up that I need to prepare for, or I may just need to pray. I, I just may need to pray for the needs of the church or the needs of my family or my own personal. I, I need to be spending that time productively. And so I put my phone on silence and I set it on my desk and I go to work. And then, bzz, bzz, I'm not answering that. Bzz, someone needs you. You're the only one that can help them. <laughs> Not answering it. Bzzzt. It's probably your mom. She probably fell and both, broke, her, bo- broke both her legs and her collarbone. And she's saying, son, please come help me. So I said, okay, for mom, I'm going an- to answer the phone. I go on there, and it's, it's just Tom Rich, my executive pastor, saying you've got a couple of meetings this afternoon, just wanted to remind you. And then I said, well, while I'm here, I may as well go on Facebook and see how many people watched prayer this morning. So we do that and then, then I'm just gonna scroll down and, on my newsfeed and just see what all my friends are doing that day and then it's like, you know what? I wonder if the Lakers made a trade. I better go on Bleacher Report and see if the Lakers made a trade or how USC's doing. I wonder if Caleb Williams won the, the Heisman. I, I, better, I better go check that out or whatever it is and then and, and, and there's so many good articles in Bleacher Report. Have you ever read Bleacher Report? If you're a sports guy, I mean, there are so many interesting things you can read. And then it's like, well, I wonder how my fantasy football league is doing. So I better, while I'm here, I better check that out. Pretty soon it's 30 minutes that I've wasted. Time just sucked and I'll never get back. Time that could have been spent really productively and really wisely, that, that in the weakness of my own flesh, I keep giving into that. Let me ask. How is this thing causing you to sin? How, how is this thing a stumbling block in your life? How, how is this thing owning you? Is your flesh weak? Spirit willing? Flesh weak? How, we, friends, we, we have to get better than this. I have to get better than that because God wants me to be a good steward with the time that he's giving me. There's lots of people that need to be cared for. I need to pray. I need to prepare myself. I need to be doing other things than sitting on this thing all day long. And I find myself falling in that stupid temptation over and over again. Maybe you do as well. You know what else? What other battle I, keep, I, I find myself losing lately is the battle for, for fitness or, or health related to what I eat. I, I wanna eat better. The problem is I love sugar. I love everything about sugar. <laughs> I, love, I love almost anything sweet. I've met people that don't like chocolate. They're the weirdest people I, I think I've ever met in my life. Some people don't like chocolate. I'll eat any candy, like almost any candy. I mean, my wife knows. Did did you know there are stores in town that only make cookies? Did you know that? And they're they're great. There's several of them. They they ice them, they make them big, and they ice them. They put sprinkles on them, they put hunks of candy bars on top of them. They stuff them with chocolate chips. There, there's a place that I love downtown to go. They're like seven inches in diameter. diameter. They're like little pizzas, is what they are. <laughs> They're pizza size. And, and I'll go down there, Charlene we will we'll, we'll eat downtown or something. We, we go to this place and I'll buy, five, I'll buy like five of them. They're like four bucks each. I could buy a hundred, I wouldn't even notice. And then I put them in my refrigerator. And I'll be sitting there, you know, you need a cookie, right? You're darn right I need a cookie, so I'll go to the refrigerator, and I'll break it in half. You do that noble thing where you're only going to eat half of it? So I break it in half, and then I go back, and I try to savor it and try to make it last, and then all of a sudden, you need more, (laughs) right? You need the other half. Half isn't good enough, right? So then I go and get the other half, and I eat that. You know what else I love? I love... I love Rocky Road ice cream mixed with vanilla ice cream covered in Mrs. Richardson's caramel syrup. That's what I love. Have you ever had it? Don't laugh, have you ever had it? You'll be a different person if you try that. I could eat it every day, all day, all day, every day. I, I could have a date with Mrs. Richardson every night. I, I could have a little rendezvous, rendezvous with Mrs. Richardson's every single night. I'll be sitting on my chair, minding my own business, being good, being disciplined, Satan will come into the room and literally lift me out of my chair. (laughs) And he carries me into the kitchen. Suddenly, I find myself with an open freezer door staring into it. And there's a carton there of Rocky Road ice cream. And it says, you deserve this. That's what he says to me. You earned it. I'm your friend. That's what the, the carton of ice cream says to me. Run two extra miles tomorrow. No one will know. Right? What's your battle? What do you keep tripping in in your life? Spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. What happens when we pray this prayer? Lead us not into temptation. I think, I think two things happen. Number one, God begins to show us practical ways to avoid the temptations that are stronger than us. God will begin to kind of give us wisdom or he'll begin to show us how we can begin to not do those things. Uh, There are people in your life that you need to avoid. There are people in your life that are leading you towards sin. There are people in your life that are leading you toward drinking alcohol that you don't want to drink or taking drugs that you don't want to take or vaping or, or sexual sin. They're leading you in that direction and you need to avoid them right now. I, remember, I'm Mr. Oikos. Reach your relational world for Jesus, but not that guy, not that lady, not the one that's leading you into sin. You, you need to avoid them. And God will begin to give you practical ways. I have to, I have to not, uh, put my phone on silence, I have to shut it off, put it in my coat pocket, and put my coat on the other side of the room. Because if I hear bzzz, bzz, I'll give in, because I'm interested in what's, in what's going on. Now, the, the things that, you know, text messages, emails, all those are important, but I need to get to them later. I need to be disciplined enough to do that. And so what, what, what is it that we are tripping, tripping? I haven't figured out the cookie store thing yet. If, any, if anyone knows how to avoid the cookie store, then let, let me know, because I'm still tripping up on that one a little bit. The second thing is God not only shows us practical ways to avoid people or places or things that are leading us into sin, but, but the second thing is God sometimes supernaturally keeps us from those things. Sometimes we know it and sometimes we don't know it. So I think sometimes God just protects us When you pray that prayer, God today, lead me not into temptation. Today, Lord, uh, keep me from spiritual battles that I'm not prepared to win. God will do that, amen? He'll keep you supernaturally from places of temptation. Sometimes you know it, sometimes you don't. My freshman year of college, I was playing basketball. And uh, at the beginning of the year, I was not walking with God, but I recommitted my life to Christ. I was really trying to straighten my life out. Well, the problem was I had a bunch of guys that I used to drink with, a bunch of guys I partied with, and they still wanted to party on Friday nights you know, after I had a game or whatever. So I had a game on a Friday night, and I, I, just, I didn't have the courage to tell this friend, no, I, I don't wanna go drinking anymore, I'm getting my life right with God. I, I, I was just kinda of scared to do that. But I pray, Lord, help me with this. So, so almost at the end of my game, this basketball game on a Friday night, I get elbowed in the mouth so hard it splits my tongue open. Guess who couldn't go out drinking with his friend that night? I'm not saying God's going to split your mouth open. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, if you pray that prayer, God, help me, I confess my weakness. I don't want to give in to this temptation. Would you please help me? God will supernaturally begin to help you avoid that situation. But you've got to be wise as well. As God shows you how to avoid some of those things, you've got to put things in practice as well. The, the second part of that prayer is, deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That, that could be stated differently. It could, it could be stated this way. If the enemy attacks, give me victory. It's almost like Jesus is saying, if the first half of the prayer doesn't work, then go to plan B. If, if, if you can't avoid temptation, if you, if you can't avoid being engaged with the enemy in in compromising situations then pray that the Lord would deliver you pray that God would get you out of that situation that he would give you the strength so if I am being attacked by the enemy if I am being engaged by the enemy then Lord give me victory amen help me to overcome this help me to have the strength and the power to do that in my life so what happens when we pray deliver us from the evil one well the first thing is uh, this prayer opens our eyes This prayer opens our eyes to the reality that we're even in a spiritual battle. A lot of you, you don't even know you're in a spiritual battle. You don't even know there is an unseen world with evil forces that are trying to get you to fall in sin and ruin your life. You don't know that. You think that this is just life as it is. It's just normal stuff, and it's just people and circumstances. Well, Paul wants you to know that's not true. There there is something behind the physical evil that we see in life. Here's what he says in Ephesians 6. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Why does he say that? Because it seems like it is. It seems like our problem is people. It seems like our problem is circumstances in life. Paul says there's powers behind that. Our struggle is against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. Prepare yourself. Get ready every day because you are going to be confronted and maybe engaged by the enemy. Get ready, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to what? Resist the enemy's attacks, stand against them, and having done everything to stand firm. So the first thing that happens is when when we are under these attacks and we're saying, Lord, deliver us from the evil one, God begins to show us the very battle that we're in. He opens our eyes to see the battle. A number of weeks ago, some some things started happening with children and young adults in our church related to significant health issues. It started with Pastor Adam's daughter, Selah, uh, who got this, started with RSV and it went into a necronizing pneumonia that was serious. Um, She was hospitalized 26 days, I believe. Her heart stopped. I mean, it was serious. They didn't know if she was gonna make it. We found out that there's a 12-year-old girl in our congregation that was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor on her brain stem. Just within the last week or two, there's, there's been two college-age guys. Uh, one, really healthy, an athlete, wasn't feeling well, went to the doctor, found out that he had blood clots in his lungs and in his leg, it was life-threatening. We found out there's another college student um, that, that had an abscessed tooth that got infected. That infection went into his lungs and it went into his brain, he's in critical condition. We have another young man that, that uh, when he was in high school had cancer in his leg, tumor in his leg, and we had prayed for him and he had gone through some treatment and it seemed to be in remission and it came back really aggressively in the last couple of weeks. Had major, 12 hour major surgery to, to get that, it, it extract the cancer out of his leg. And I'm sitting here going, this is not normal. Like, this did, this, why all of a sudden with, with our young people is there this attack that's happening? And I called the elders or texted them on a Tuesday. Last Tuesday, I said, guys, we got to get together. we got to pray. The enemy is coming in like a flood, and we need to raise up a standard against him. We need to say, Lord, deliver us from this evil. Deliver us from this attack. Show your power in this situation. So we got together last Tuesday night, prayed for about 30 minutes in our prayer chapel. Things have begun to improve in kids' lives. Amen? Come on. We're beginning to see improvement. We've still got a long way to go with, with some of them, but we're praying that God will miraculously, supernaturally heal and restore their lives. Sometimes your eyes have to be open to the, to the nature of the attack. You have to know this is spiritual in nature. Jesus said, pray, deliver us from the evil one. You've got to recognize the evil one's working before you'll, you'll pray and, and do spiritual warfare against him. Well, well, the second thing this prayer does, it not only opens our eyes, this prayer brings God's power. This prayer brings God's power. So there was a a, a situation with the prophet Elijah in 2 Kings. The prophet Elijah was hated by the king of Aram. And the king, king of Aram was trying to find any way he could to kill Elisha. And so through spies he found out that Elisha and his servant were in a little town called Dothan. And so the king sent his entire army to Dothan to kill Elisha. So Elisha and his servant are there. This entire army shows up in the middle of the night and surrounds them. When they come out in the morning, they see this ridiculous army against them, surrounding them, chariots and and everything. And the servant comes out and he's petrified, scared to death, like, we're dead. Here's how the story goes. Elisha said to his servant, don't be afraid, he answered. Now listen, those who are with us are more than those who are against us, who who are with them. Uh, Time out, how do you know that? Like we can't see them, Elisha, like they're not around. What do you mean, this is a pretty intimidating army that has surrounded us to kill us. He said, don't worry, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Lord, open my servant's eyes so that he may see them. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. That's good news in that moment, right? The army of the Lord is greater than the army of the enemy and surrounding us. Sometimes we need our eyes to be open to see that the Lord's power is far greater and superior to the enemy's power, amen? That greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world. That when you pray, Lord, deliver us from the evil one, he shows up big time in our lives. And it doesn't matter how big the, the enemy's army is, God's army's always bigger. Doesn't matter how powerful the enemy, God's power is always greater. Jesus wanted you and me to defeat the enemy like he did in the wilderness, so he gives us this very simple prayer god keep us from temptation but if we if you if we can't be kept from temptation then give us the power to win the victory in this amen and you're going to be engaged this week in spiritual battle of some form and you need to recognize the the power of this prayer if you can't keep us from temptation then give us victory in it amen help us to overcome some scripture psalm 60. David knew that, it, that the power of overcoming was in the Lord, not himself. Oh, oh, give us help against the enemy, for rescue by man is worthless. Through God, say through God. Through God we will do valiantly. It is he, say he, who will trample down our enemies. David knew. 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God, the rulership of God, that invisible realm that we live in is not a matter of talk, but what? Power. The kingdom of God is full of power. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three. For though we live in the world, human, flesh and blood world, we do not wage war. We don't battle as the world does. The weapons we fight with, the weapons of our warfare are not of the world, they're not of the flesh. On the contrary, they have divine power. Say divine power. Divine power. Another version says they are mighty through God. The weapons he's given us, prayer, Intercession, scripture, faith, every, every weapon that God has put in our hands are mighty through Him. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This prayer opens our eyes, and this prayer brings the power of God into our lives. So what spiritual battle do you keep losing? If you were honest this morning with the Lord, what what, what would you say to him? My my spirit's willing, but I'm weak in this area. I keep losing this battle. What, What would it be? From what today do you need to be delivered by God? He's a strong deliverer, friends. Jesus overpowered the enemy in the wilderness and Christ in us can over, overpower the enemy in the wilderness of our lives. Jesus gave this power and this prayer to defeat Satan. And remember, Jesus said, pray this every day. Our weapons are mighty through God. He's a, he's a mighty deliverer. So, Some of you this morning as we close, your greatest battle, your spiritual battle, and you may not even be recognizing it, is surrendering your life to Christ, becoming a Christian, I mean, you've been wrestling with that, wrestling with committing to Jesus, trusting Christ for your salvation, making him the Lord and the leader of your life. You're struggling. And while, while that's the, the, the one thing the enemy doesn't want you to do, I mean, if you're a Christian, he's still gonna battle you, but that's the one battle he works hardest at is to keep you from Christ, to keep you depending on yourself, to keep you self-sufficient, to to, to not have faith in Jesus alone. Friends, I wanna invite you today, if that's you, I want you to win that battle. I want you to yield your heart to Jesus Christ. I want you to invite Christ into your life so you can enter his kingdom and have the, the confidence of eternal life in heaven forever. Have your sins forgiven through Christ. Have a brand new start every morning. His mercy is new. To know the joy of salvation and the joy of the Lord and the peace of Christ in your heart. You can enter into that today as you take a step into his kingdom by overcoming Satan's lies and deceptions that that somehow that life isn't worth it. It's not worth giving those things up. It's not worth trying to live for Christ. Well, it is, friends. And Satan doesn't want you to know that. If you're here this morning and that's you, You'd like to surrender your life to Christ. Everyone, would you just, just bow with me for a second? And, and around here, we, we just say it's, a relationship with God is easy as a, B, C. a, you have to admit that you've sinned. That's part of, you know, Lord, help me in my weakness. I, I recognize that I, my sin is keeping me from you. And, and B, believing that, that Christ alone can save you from sin, that he was God in the flesh. At Christmas, he was born into the world to live a sinless life and go to the cross and die for you. And and see, commit to living your life for him. If that's you this morning and you wanna take that step into his kingdom, would you pray this with me? Just say, Lord, I admit that I've sinned and that sin has separated me from you. And, And I am eternally lost. I have no hope of knowing you or of eternal life with you apart from putting my faith in Jesus. So Lord, right now, I ask you to forgive my sins and I put my trust in you alone. Save me, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Help help me to live a life that's pleasing to you, God. I trust you and make you the leader of my life in Jesus' name, amen, amen. If that was you this morning, I'm gonna ask you to do one more thing. At the end of our service when we close, there's gonna be some folks up here to pray. And if you made that decision in your heart, you need to to share that with someone. So come down this morning and just say, hey, I, I made a decision to follow Jesus today. Or if you're with somebody, you could do it with them. Just say, hey, I I prayed that ABC prayer that pastor led us in today and I I received Christ for the first time. Will you all stand with me this morning as we close? Because most of us are Christians. Most of us have already made that decision to follow Jesus. So so now we step into the wilderness of our week. We step into the wilderness of being attacked by the enemy, having temptation set before us. How are you gonna handle that? I, I wanna pray with you today This simple prayer of Jesus, Lord, lead us not into the place of temptation and defeat. But as we step into our weak, deliver us from the evil one. Would you pray with me? Lord, this morning we thank you and we praise you for this very simple prayer. A prayer that will open our eyes to the truth of what's happening around us. A prayer that will keep us humble and help us to acknowledge the weakness of our flesh and a prayer that will bring the very power of the mighty deliverer into our midst. Lord, keep us from battles this week that we're not prepared to win. Protect us from the weakness of our flesh. But Lord, if we do find ourselves in moments of temptation, in spiritual battles, would you give us the victory? Strengthen our hearts. Help us to be wise. Help help us, Lord, this week to set up boundaries. Help us to set up things in our life that will prevent us from falling and stumbling. Help us to, Lord, honor you. And then, Lord, as we go out into the world, help us to tell those in our relational world that you have a great plan for their life, a plan for good and not for evil, a plan to deliver them from darkness. Help us to be bold in our sharing with others your love for the world. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. amen. Hey, if you need prayer for anything today, we're gonna have some folks up here to pray Don't leave without prayer. God bless you. Have a great, great day today.